and welcome back to Here and There as we begin our new series uh, on the Hannibal Lecter novels by Thomas Harris and the many iterations they have had in film and television. Uh, this time we will be discussing Red Dragon, the 1981 novel that was adapted into the movie Manhunter, as well as the movie Red Dragon, creatively titled, and uh, apparently found its way even into the television show Hannibal. So, I'm Christopher. Hey, I'm Kelly. And Anybody I'm else here with me? I'm Charles. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Second time's the charm, guys. This is deja vu. And we're going to dive right into it. This is like our dress rehearsal, but on this one, yeah, I don't know if anybody else right. is hearing this, but <laughs> yeah. Topher's cutting up pretty bad, so it's a little like... Uh, oh, anyway. no. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see I'm how so this sorry. goes. This is kind of a crazy uh, episode, I think, but we'll get through it. Oh, no. We'll get through it. All right, oh. so are we uh, are we going to start with the uh, talking about the book first? I think that's what uh, that's what Kelly and Mark usually do. By the way, this is our yeah. this is our first episode in this series. He said welcome back because we started over. Um, you guys can ignore that like it never happened, but this is the first one. Welcome to the first one. Um, uh, but yeah, let's talk about the book then. As he said, it's a 1981 book. Um, what'd you guys think about it? I really liked it. Um, I liked it a lot. I, I, I sort of forgot that it used to be more in vogue to write stories from lots of different points of view from the third person. I mean, I feel like that was a very, very popular mode of storytelling for a while. And I've just, I don't know, maybe it's just the specific things I've been reading, but it feels like lately everything's been trending towards first person and or, or like they write it in third person but they talk you follow the same character's point of view for the for the entire story and so i felt like i don't know i just felt refreshed by this style and it helped me stay with everything i, I was engaged from point a to a to z so um i i mean everything was really descriptive graphic tense i mean the the characters you they were well developed um yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it was excellent. Cool. What did you think, Charles? Oh, I liked it. I, I think at one point, Curious. you know, you talked about, um, you know, it's a real fast read. It is a real fast read. It's kind of a page turner. Really easy, fast read. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. And it's especially interesting that um, the movies, you know, took entire quotes out of it, like verbatim, scene by scene. I was really shocked at that, how closely the books... Or the movies follow the book. Um, it is the book that introduced Hannibal Lecter, and he's—I guess—his character is most famous from *Silence of the Lambs*, and in particular, the way Anthony Hopkins played him. But uh, it was *Red Dragon* first, um, so but it's not in it very much. He's a—he's a supporting character at best in this. Um, the real—the real plot of it is uh, uh, following the Tooth Fairy. Did we say the synopsis already of kind of the book? I'm not going over a synopsis of the book. No. Well, it's it's kind of the you know it's uh, uh, Will Graham is a detective, uh, an FBI agent. Although I, I'm actually kind of confused. There's some of the diff- having seen the movies and the series and the book and all that, I'm kind of confused about whether he's officially an FBI agent or not, or whether he's an instructor that never quite made it. I, I don't remember because different versions did it differently. Um, but works with the FBI and he's able to kind of emotionally connect with serial killers and kind of get in their heads and figure out what they're going to do next. Um, and it kind of consumes him. And he's been retired from that 
because uh, he got uh, too close and Hannibal Lecter nearly killed him. And so he retired from it. And then uh, he's called back into it by uh, another FBI guy, Jack Crawford, because there's a new killer on the loose named the Tooth Fairy who kills uh, once a month in the moonlight, the full moon. Um, so that's kind of what it is. It's what it's about. Uh, it's a lot of ways. It's very similar to Silence of the Lambs. Um, it's both about, you know, um, an FBI person having to come and talk to Hannibal Lecter and figure out things and work with him to try and catch a killer before he kills again kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I really, really liked it. I, I, and, and it's cool because it's, you know, it was written in the eighties. So it's kind of before DNA and before all the stuff. So it's like kind of a lot of it's good old fashioned police work and detective work and figuring stuff out. And, uh, yeah. And a lot of it is kind of figuring it out by luck too. I agree. I think that um, obviously Manhunter, the film, was made in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. But I was actually very happy to see, because I hadn't seen it in a very long time, I was very happy to see that the movie Red Dragon stayed with it being a period piece. They didn't try and update it. It kept it true to the kind of the era when it was supposed to have taken place. Um, I will take the contrarian view on this book. I didn't dislike the book by any means. It's not like I like hated it or anything like that. But it this sounds ridiculous considering the subject matter. It felt like a beach book to me. Like I was reading it and I'm like, this is such a light, easy, fast read for such a heavy topic that it almost felt like the subject matter and the style were incoherent. Like it didn't have the like weight to writing that I felt would have made the subject matter feel more, uh, it just, it didn't, fit for some reason they just didn't jive it felt like i was reading some like trashy romance is way too heavy of a term to throw here but like if it had been a little bit darker a little bit meatier a little bit you know a little bit more in the subject's head like you were saying kelly like i just felt like it was missing some of that um it just and part of this may also be the fact that the book was written 40 years ago and so how much of this stuff was was there an appetite for you know like this probably was a pretty edgy thing when it came out like i i don't know for sure but like i remember people talking about like silence the lambs even 10 years after this book coming out being like one of the scariest you know goriest you know whatever movie and and now you watch it and it's, it's not and so i just wonder if the book is like you were saying kind of a product of its time not only for its style but also maybe its subject matter handled in a way that would allow it to oh, be published there, there, was, a, there was a gap there at the time <laughs> there was a gap oh, there gosh, in your speech i, I was like it's like uh waiting for you um <laughs> but uh but yeah that would be my personal opinion on the book i didn't dislike it but i wasn't blown away by the book what, this would uh, never have been a standout that i would think would have like multiple film adaptations what, what style do you, i mean is there a particular author or style that you think would have fit it better i mean of a contemporary kind of in the same vein as this, where you're trying to go mass market and that same kind of time period, you know, if it had had something of the density of like a Tom Clancy novel, I think it would have fit maybe a little bit better, especially with the police work. Um, that, a lot of that gritty techno detail, I think would have done well in this book. Um, or, you know, just a little more interiority of the characters. In, in the book, until you really get into the Tooth Fairy's backstory, it feels really two-dimensional. But then when you suddenly go back in time and learn about his childhood, he becomes very three-dimensional. And honestly, by the time the book is over, 
I felt way more sympathy for him than I did for anybody else in the book. Even the hero of the book felt a little just kind of cardboard compared to this person who had this traumatic childhood, who's trying to figure out how to cope with it and clearly mentally disturbed and uh, misunderstood. I mean, just everything piled up and it like, it certainly didn't make you like the guy, but it made you, I felt like I had a better understanding of his character than anybody else's by the end. Um, but that's just me. And again, I, I, don't, I don't, I think this is a very, I think it's very subjective. So, but I, I, again, didn't think it was bad. If you had asked me at the outset, do you think this will end up with, you know, two film adaptations as well as a TV show? There is no way I would have picked this book out of a lineup to be that. So, but that's just me. Well, and I don't, I, I don't think without Anthony Hopkins, um, without his portrayal in Silence of the Lambs, I don't think this series would have had weight, you know, would have been able to carry itself for, you know, 40 years. Um, but I, like I said, I, I really did enjoy the novel. I, I liked it a lot. Um, the Will Graham character is one that I, I don't feel he's as fleshed out. He's, uh, in every version of the movie, I, I don't know one that I liked more than the other. They, they all kind of had the same problems. And he's just kind of a, you know, a downbeat guy. Like, you know, and it's almost a cliche cop, you know, with the stubble and he's falling out and all that stuff. And I get I get what you're saying. So, yeah. he. But I like the, I liked all the other characters. Obviously, I like Hannibal Lecter. I like the Tooth Fairy character. Um, I like Reba a lot in it. Um, I thought all those characters were written really well. I, I, I think I think more than just the Tooth Fairy. I think they, they all had some depth to them. Um, I, I, I think, if anything, the problem is Will Graham. Um, he's yeah. just kind of a boring character. And I think, I haven't read Songs of the Lambs yet, but based on the movie, I think Clarice is just a much more interesting, more well-rounded character. Yeah, I, I would agree. And that's, that's talking about the, the shift in perspectives, I, I wouldn't have wanted to have a whole story from Will Graham. You know what I mean? Like his chapters were the least interesting to me. And they were interesting to an extent because it was kind of cool to see the wheels turning for him and see how he put the pieces together. But I do agree that he was the least developed and um, having those dollar hide chapters really helped keep it going. Right. And that's Agreed. that's and what I'm saying. Like, that's the reason I think that the, the next two books follow Clarice and then Hannibal. I, again, I haven't read the next three books, but Hannibal Rising is a prequel to all of it. So I don't think either one of them. And, I, and from what I understand, it's the worst of the four books. So uh, I, I think he kind of found Thomas Harris kind of found the sweet spot with Clarice where it's kind of very similar to Will Graham but a much more interesting character um, yeah. and uh, yeah so I, I feel like it's also a little more it's a little more archetypal to have the girl that's in peril with this like monster that she's having forced to interact with I, I, it just works better than like the wounded mopey cop I, I mean, I, that's yeah. I, I, it sounds really mean to say it that no, way. No, it, does, it doesn't. And, and also, it's it's the family aspect of it too. Like his family feels very cliched, and like they it, it, paper thin. Not much of a description given to him in the novel or the movies, any of the movies. So uh, those are definitely my least favorite elements. I almost wish it had just you know started and bam, he's with the. This is what he does. You know, he hasn't. He hasn't had to leave. He hasn't had another family. It's just he's. This is what he does, um, and a, and a better a better adversary for Hannibal, I would say, would have been cooler. 
I, I, I feel like too that the family was almost there purely so you could have the twist ending of the book. Like yeah. that was the whole right. reason they were there. Right. And so, and I, uh, okay, go ahead though. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just saying that, that, that to me felt like it felt cheap. Cause again, I, they were just props. It wasn't something that made me like, I wasn't actually worried. You know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds terrible, but that wasn't, well, there was and now, that, now that you say it, like, I forgot about that. Um, I, yeah, I don't like the ending. I don't, cause it's so close to the end. It's like, it's like, what was the point of that? Like having him come, a spoiler alert, having the killer show up and all that, the very, very end there, it's like, it was just a few pages left and that happens and it's like, bam, it's like within a page, it's just resolved quick, nothing, bam, bam, bam. I, I didn't, yes. I didn't get that. I, I, I really, there was no point to that. I really don't understand why they did it that way. And you, you it was sort of I mean, heavy foreshadowing it that, that, you know, when a what's her face Molly had that shooting lesson mm-hmm. in the beginning, you're like, all right, well, this is going to come back somehow. She's going to have to vanquish the enemy. And whoop, she did. I, I almost didn't like, um, yeah, the I almost didn't like any of the endings. Yeah. <laughs> I almost didn't like any of the endings. Um, cause the Manhunter does a slightly different ending. Uh, and, and I guess that's, it's the fault of the the original novel, so they, yeah, I didn't like any of the styles they went with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, with that said, do you want to move into Man? Yeah, you're, you're breaking up pretty bad. I can't. I'm sorry, sorry out there, guys, because it's I, I know I'm not calling you out on that. I just want to. I feel like if I do say it though, it like at least lets the audience know, like, yeah, um, this is what's happening. Um, it's like your Max Max Headroom or whatever isn't it head what's the, what's the guy's name from the 80s character you know what I'm talking about no Mm-mm. anyway anyway out there for some of you that do know this is what Topher sounds like you I'm sure you agree with me on that um, okay so we can go into uh, Manhunter um, since chronologically it was the first one and again this is the one that um, started the series really but I don't think it's as well known um, it, Silence of the Lambs is the one that became known. Um, so let's let's talk about Manhunter. Um, Topher, do you have the synopsis for that? I do. I do. If you can hear me, I'm sorry, but I can't. I do have the synopsis. Okay. Um, Manhunter, Man former FBI profiler Will Graham, returns to service to pursue a deranged serial killer named the Tooth Fairy by the media. All right. Um, the and- film... I was going to say the film is directed by Michael Mann and stars William Peterson. And I'm sure we will get into the Michael Mann aspect of it. Here is the trailer.
That's Manhunter. So, Charles, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this movie, because I have a lot, and I'm fairly certain this is going to be one of our classic disagreements. So really? I'll okay. let you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have the first word. Okay. Well, um, I, I, you know, it's funny because they, they changed the name of it to Manhunter because apparently there was another movie with Dragon in the title that came out around the same time, so they changed it. But the original title, and I think it's actually more appropriate, is... Uh, Manhunter, Miami Vice. Um, this is uh, very much uh, a Michael Mann movie in every sense of the word. It's also very much Miami Vice, um, from the cinematography to the music. Um, and, and again, I don't have a problem with Miami Vice. It's just you got to know that going into this, especially if you didn't see it first. If you saw Red Dragon or Sons of the Lambs, they have a different style because Red Dragon was trying to match Sons of the Lambs. This one was just its own thing. Um, I, it's out of the two. I I don't like it nearly as much as Red Dragon. I I like Michael Mann, but I just this movie was. I, I don't think it's that good. Uh, I the I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I I don't like. Well, I I say that. Brian Cox is okay as Hannibal Lecter, but again, if you've seen Anthony Hopkins, I think most people tend to like that version, although I have a feeling you probably don't. Um, I, I remember Gene Siskel famously did not like Silence of the Lambs and thought Anthony Hopkins was over the top, so maybe you're in that vein, Topher, I don't know. But I I, I just don't think he, Brian Cox is as good um, in this role as Anthony Hopkins, nor do I think uh, the other people really are. I. The only one that I think even comes close is, uh, is is Will Graham. And I'm forgetting the actor's name now. He's the guy that was on CSI. I think he does... William. What's his name? Is William Peterson. Is William Peterson, that's right, yeah. I think he, he has the right look, especially for the period the movie's set in. I, I, but I don't dig it as much. But I may like him more than Edward Norton. Maybe. Um... But they changed the ending in this. The um, I also don't like the killer as much. Uh, Dollarhide. I don't like um, the performance nearly as much as I did uh, um, as Ray Fiennes in, in Red Dragon. Um, and I don't like the way they did the ending. The ending was different. They they changed it, and it was much more. It was much more simplified, um, which is funny because I don't like the twist ending of the book um, or of Red Dragon. But I don't like what they did here. I feel like there needs to be something in the middle. Um, I said the whole thing with playing Inagata de Vita blaring in the music, blaring in the background and the slow motion shots coming through the window. It was just too much for the ending. Um, and what do you think? Yeah. Well, I, so I am a huge Michael Mann fan. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not blind. Like there are movies of his that I don't enjoy as much as others, but I like his style. I do. And and while I agree with you, this is very Miami Vice. I think 
part of that is because, well, Miami Vice was a hit. And so he was kind of doing what he knew people liked. And so, I mean, I, I got to give him a little bit of a re, at least an excuse there. Right. But then the other half of it is I wonder how much of that's just the era and in our brains. 1986 looks like Miami Vice, you know. But anyway, all of that aside, all of that aside, I I prefer Michael Mann's vision of what this world looks like compared to what they did with Science of the Lambs and ultimately with Red Dragon because of that. I feel like, like for instance, a very simple way to explain it is if you look at the cell that they have Hannibal Lecter in, one looks like the dungeon of a castle <laughs> and the other one looks like a cell in a prison or a mental institution. And while one is inherently just a creepy place I don't want to go, the other one is creepy in a different way. And maybe even in a colder, sterile, more real world way than like a nightmare way. And so I think, you know, Michael Mann, you can just see it in his movies. He's kind of plugged into like the law enforcement community to some degree. Like that's why a lot of his movies revolve around that. And I feel like he captures that aspect better than Red Dragon or Silence of the Lambs does. I'm not by any means disagreeing with you on a lot of the other things, right? Like, I don't like the ending as much. I think the ending, the way it was filmed, not my taste. Uh, I agree with you on the killer, the kind of like the way that he carries himself. I don't like him as much. I do like that they simplified things in the movie, though. The whole like going to the like Brooklyn Museum and eating, but like that's just not in Manhunter. That just doesn't happen in this movie. And I, I appreciate the kind of like the simplicity of, and this might have been a budget constraint more than anything, but the feeling that he was just like, let's boil this down to its essence and just get down to just what we need to tell this story. I, I liked that. Um, and it, and I agree with you. I think William Peterson does a better job with this role than Edward Norton does. I don't dislike Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. I can agree that he's over the top. That doesn't mean it's bad. That just means it's a big performance. <laughs> but I think there is something to be said for keeping the story because Red Dragon is just not about Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter is in there, but he is, like you said before, a minor supporting character in the story. I mean, in the book, he's really minor. Like, I don't think there are any scenes from his perspective even. I think everything is just somebody else in the room with him. And I feel like he is kept in that role in this movie because he wasn't the like he wasn't the draw whereas in red dragon if there was an excuse to have a scene with anthony hopkins they did it like they made him a main character in a story that was not his story and so the fact that brian cox took that character and at least even tried it's almost like somebody taking the soothsayer role in julius caesar you got like two lines and that's it and you just like make it the biggest performance of your life and I feel like that's kind of what Brian Cox was doing with this role is like, this is kind of an interesting character. It's kind of meaty, but like, there's not much here. So I'm just going to like play it up. And I don't know. I, they're different performances of the same character. I don't know that one is necessarily like horrible and the other one's amazing, but they are what they are. And I, I feel like if you had never seen Silence of the Lambs and you saw this one the first time, and I were to ask you what character is going to come back later, I don't know that you would have picked Hannibal Lecter. Right. So, that's just my opinion. But I, I like this movie. I enjoy this movie for what it is, and it is very much a product of its time and its creator, which all happened to predate Silence of the Lambs. So, 
But yeah, that's my opinion. I like it. And again, I don't hate Brian Cox's performance. I just, it's it's very plain in, in comparison. I, I And I do think Anthony Hopkins' performance is amazing. So it's not, it's just you have a good performance, solid performance versus what I think is an iconic, amazing performance in silence. I can agree with that. Um, now, I do have a little clip here um, that I want to say. This is a, a long time ago um, when I had first watched uh, Manhunter. My friend pointed out this scene, uh, and it's it's a scene in the grocery store when Will Graham is out with his son, um, and they're talking, and kind of Will kind of explains his past to his son. And it's not a bad scene, um, but it is the most blatant example of product placement I've ever seen in my life, and... The stuff behind him changes, even though they don't move. It's like it's like it'll be fruit and vegetables, and then it's suddenly cereal and coffee. And it's like, so I, I I had a hard time finding the clip. I found a little bit of it, so I'm just going to show you a little bit of it. I'm going to talk over it, um, but here we go. All right, so I'm going to lower this a little bit. So again, there's Wilgram. So they got in that side. You got cereal. You got total and kicks and all the stuff behind him. Um, and again, it's like the cereal behind him is neatly stacked. Take it up two-thirds of the frame. Same thing, cuts to his son. Now it's all his coffee and Maxwell House is stacked up more than I've ever seen it. Oh, now they cut to Will Graham again and it's corn and fruit behind him. Didn't move. Nothing changed. It's just we got to cram some more things in there. I'm sure that's an editing error, but I don't know quite how that worked. It's almost like they did multiple takes and they shot him in different sections just trying to figure out. Um, and then his son mentions uh, the coffee he likes and it's not even coffee that's in the frame. I... I I don't know how that works. You figure if they're going to do product placement, they at least would have shown it, or at least a different, you know, the same brand. But I think in the scene, um, it's a longer scene, and I think you'll notice that uh, it actually changes a couple different times too. But it's just so blatant. It's like some of the worst product placement I've ever seen in my life, um, and it makes me laugh every time. It take, totally takes me out of that moment. Uh, but I just had to show that with you guys. Anyway, it's That's the awesome. scene's over. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a ridiculous scene. I honestly, I did not ever notice. I, I did not notice the changing of what the items were. All I noticed is like that is the most well-stocked grocery store on right. earth. It, it really is, is. wall-to-wall product, and it is just like the angle, everything. It is like he he might as well not have even been in the shot. Either one of those actors, they could have been off-screen shadows, whatever. We're gonna get yeah. their money's worth in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. All about so, corn man. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So you want to move on to uh, the next one? We'll talk about Red Dragon. Yeah, let's move on to Red Dragon. Okay. So let's talk about Red Dragon. Uh, well, we kind of already have, I guess. <laughs> well, I've got, it's pretty much the same, but I've got the synopsis pulled up here. Okay, go um, ahead. So a retired FBI agent with psychological gifts is assigned to help track down the Tooth Fairy, a mysterious serial killer. Aiding him is imprisoned forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. And here is the trailer for Red Dragon from 2002. Dear Doctor, I have admired you for years. I wanted to tell you I'm delighted that you've taken an interest in me. I don't believe you're telling who I am. Besides, the important thing is what I am becoming. I have some things I'd love to show you. Until then, I remain your most avid fan. Two families killed a month apart in their homes. 
These attacks were highly organized. The victims carefully chosen. This one is going to go on and on. That's the same atrocious aftershave you wore in court. I need your advice, Dr. Lecter. If you recall well, our last collaboration ended rather messily. How is young Josh and the lovely Molly? They're always in my thoughts, you know. So it's true the Lecter is actually helping with your investigation. We may have a little over three weeks before this freak does it again. I might not have time. I do. I have oodles. You want to know how he's choosing them, don't you? This is a very shy boy, Well, I know what it's like to have people always thinking that you're different. He is refining his methods. He is evolving. What am I doing here? No one will ever be safe around you, Will. A note hidden in Lecter's cell. The killer wants Lecter to answer him through the personal columns. Lecter gave me your home address. Hi. I'm a friend of your father's. Open your eyes. No. I am the dragon. Give me what I need. Before me, you tremble. I'll call you if I think of anything else. Would you perhaps like to leave me a home number? That's Red Dragon, directed by Brett Ratner with Edward Norton and Anthony Hopkins. So um, obviously a very different take on the story um, than Manhunter. But if you have seen Silence of the Lambs, it is a much, uh, much more familiar, familiar take on the story. Um, what do you guys think? Kelly, what do you what do you think of Red Dragon? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fair, uh, relatively faithful to the book, um, at least in a broad sense. Uh, I, I think I still like Silence of the Lambs more, the, the movie, but I enjoyed Red Dragon. I thought the casting was was really nice. Um, having <laughs> having seen Ray Fiennes as Voldemort, I could see some of the the Voldemorty elements coming into play there, especially when he had like the grandmother's teeth in. That was really creepy. Um, I didn't. You guys kind of touched on this already, but I didn't really love Edward Norton as Will Graham. I thought he was kind of milk toast. But um, let's see. I liked. I really liked the guy who played Crawford. I can never remember that guy's name. Harvey Keitel. Yes, Harvey Keitel. Um, he was really good. I liked the actress who played Reba. That was that was great. Um, it's always nice to see that actress from Weeds. What who played uh, Molly? I mean, to, the the character she had to play was kind of underwhelming, but Mary just, Louise Parker. Yeah. Yes, Mary Louise Parker. I'm really just off with my names tonight. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was it was pretty gripping. It kept me interested. Um, yeah, is it one of my top fifty movies of all time? No, <laughs> but I, I'd rewatch it for sure. Charles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so it's it's interesting because it's. It's a Brett Ratner film, right? And 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 I feel like <laughs> he's got a bad reputation lately, especially. I like some of his earlier stuff. I like I like the Rush Hour movies for the most part, uh, but he basically just 
completely ripped off or aped or whatever you want to say, Jonathan Demi, uh, Silence of the Lambs. And I guess he had to, I mean, right? Because that's just, that's the style that won all the Oscars, all that. And so it's basically all that visual style. Um, and I, I do love Anthony Hopkins in the role, and I, I think he's great here. Um, I, you know, I, and I liked Harvey Keitel in the role. I, I wish they would have got, um, what's his name, Scott Glenn from Sansa Lambs. I don't know why he didn't replay that character again, because they even got, uh, you know, Chilton, the guy that played Dr. Chilton, to come back, which I loved. I love those scenes. And to get to what you, what you made the point about earlier about how you try to get as much Anthony Hopkins as you can, I'm okay with that. They, they added all these little scenes and expanded them out, and I, I dug that. I, and I even like, uh, I even like the fact that they actually showed um, how Hannibal was arrested, how he got. I like that opening scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, now it it kind of doesn't make sense with some of the dialogue in the prison because di- that that scene's taken directly from the book, and it's like, how did you catch me? It's like you know, well they know. It's like, what do you mean, how did he catch him? It was he's got lucky. He's not. Well, I don't understand why he'd be that upset about him thinking he's smarter when he got completely lucky. Um, so the, the dialogue, it loses some of its edge, but even so, I do love that opening scene. I love, I just, I thought, I thought it was a cool sequence. Um, and, yeah, I agree. uh, probably one of the best in the movie. Um, I, I like that scene. I'm sorry. I have to interject ahead, for just a second. I like that scene. I wish though, like in the book, it had been out of chronological order. Because I don't feel like they told us that at the very beginning of the book. I feel like we find that out later. And that, to me, had more potency to it to find out later and to see it in flashback as opposed to it be like the first thing that we see in chronological order. Um, that's just my opinion because it felt like it, it added a little bit of mystery to the character that then paid off later. Whereas when you already know that information... There's no like, what's he so upset about? I don't have any questions about that. Oh, he's upset because he got stabbed and shot. Like, okay, I get it now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's my opinion. I don't think it's, I don't, it's not that I think it's a bad scene. It's just more of where it fell in the movie. I See, think yeah, that and I, I, I don't necessarily yeah. disagree with that, but I do like it, it. I feel like majority of the people that came to see this movie, they didn't see Manhunter and they may not have even read the Red Dragon book. But they're going to be fans of Silence of the Lambs, right? And, and I think. It's really interesting to have it start out with Hannibal not in prison. I, I think that's kind of a bold thing to do, and I, I think that's probably part of it. Um, you know, and the fact that it, it's a prequel to it, I, I just I dug it. I just like I said, I really like it, um, and it it does kind of you don't expect your lead character, you know, Edward Norton, to be stabbed and nearly killed right away. That I think that for a lot of people, that's probably pretty shocking, too. And then and the fact that he. You know, returns the favor to Hannibal. That was a pretty like opening sequence. I, I just I like it. I, I don't think I would have changed it up, um, even the even the order of it. Um, I like um, I like Ray Fiennes in this. I, I like his performance a lot. Um, he's very sympathetic in it. Um, mm-hmm. I I like uh, I think I like this version of Freddie Lowndes better. Philip Seymour Hoffman's better yeah. than the guy from the from Manhunter. I, I like I, I, I yeah I like that performance. This thing's just packed to the brim with all these really great actors. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it, in a sense, Brett Ratner was an, was an okay choice for this because he doesn't have to be original. He's just, like I said, just taking what Jonathan Demme did before him and is able to recreate that. Whereas, to your point, I guess Michael Mann was kind of coming up with a unique vision for this world that was entirely his own. So, Yeah, and I, 
to be to be fair though, Manhunter also had an outrageous cast. Like the Freddie Lowndes character was Stephen Lang. It wasn't just well, like some no name. At, I mean, it was like those were. It was a pretty good cast too. But I agree with you. I like Philip Seymour Hoffman a lot more as Lowndes. I think he does a better job as the kind of slimy kind of tabloid. I, that much better, much better performance for that role. I, I it's, my, it's, oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that uh, I. Yeah, as far as all that goes, I like the cast more, and I, the ending in this is truer to the book. But then they still do their own weird thing with the with him screaming at the kid, uh, his own son, and I've I've just never liked that sequence. Like I get what he's doing, but it's out of nowhere. It feels tacked on, and this is in addition to it already feeling like a tacked on scene anyway, like it did in the book. So it's like, can't they? I don't know. I, I feel like no, because because we'll get into Hannibal the, the TV series in a little bit, but. None of these really did the book justice. And like we said, we didn't really like the ending to the book anyway. So I don't get it. But I just it just feels so out of character when he's yelling all these derogatory things at his son. I, I think that part would have played better if they had explained more of the abuse that he had had. Because like, I feel like we understood that better from having read the book. We could pick up on those little cues before. But if you had never read that book, you have absolutely no idea what he's doing. I mean, or or a very vague idea of what he's doing. Yeah, it's just um, that, that that book is passed to him at the last second. Um, right. And, and and that's the other thing, too. Like, it, it's... They, they downplayed a lot of sequences. The whole thing with, like, Freddie Lyons taking the picture and his hand on him. And um, it, that was... I, I, again, I get all these mixed up a little bit, but I, I just feel like this movie just kind of glossed over a lot of really important things. Um, so... I feel like this one, this take on the story suffered from a few things. I, I agree with you. I think the cast here is outrageous. I mean, really, truly like it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, and not just in the obvious ones, you know, but having Emily Watson in there and having Ralph Fiennes and having Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, these are, these are really, these are great actors in and of their own right in truly just supporting roles. Um, and it was great. I mean, the cast was fantastic. I think what the film was lacking was any sort of inspiration. It was copying what Jonathan Demi had done with Science of the Lambs. It was kind of stealing stuff. Like, like for instance, with the whole notebook thing, I, I literally could not watch that opening sequence and not think of Seven. Like, I couldn't do it. Like, all I was thinking is like, oh, this is the opening from Seven. This is exactly it, where he's like writing in the pages and stitching. Like, you're, you're ripping that off entirely. And then... It just, it was, and any of the high points here were kind of rehashes of what we liked in Science of the Lambs. It was the stuff that, it was It was almost like fan fiction Science of the Lambs. And they knew they didn't really have to try because people were going to go see it because they liked Science of the Lambs. So, like, who cares, right? It's weird to me that this is after Hannibal the movie, too, by the way. Like, I, it's crazy to me that, like, this movie came out after the Hannibal movie came out um, because you'd think they would have had to try harder. I, 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 not that Hannibal was like terrible, but you'd think that they wouldn't just be like, Oh, we'll just do it again. And people will pay to see it again. Like it, like you'd think they would have to actually like try and do something. I would definitely say put, I, a, I put, think, a, put a pin in that on Hannibal is not terrible. Yeah. Cause we'll come to that <laughs> later on when we get into the third episode of our series here. <laughs> Yes, yes. But I guess all I'm saying is I feel like this movie had, had all the right pieces, just didn't quite know how to deftly assemble them to make something great. The cast is great. The story's 
good enough. Like there's not, it's not a bad story. It's just a matter of telling it in a compelling way. Uh, I don't want to totally join the, I hate Brett Ratner or fan club, but like, I feel like in the hands of a more competent director, this could have been better given the, clearly the budget and cast. That he well, had. And I agree with that. But, but at the same time, if you'd had someone that has a really unique visual style, it, it would have felt like its own thing as opposed to a continuation of, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think they had to, they were really going for that silence to the lambs look. Um, but there have been other, there have been other times when, directors have changed out in a series and it's improved right like you could look at star wars right i mean like i'm not talking about the current generation but the original three right like everybody loves empire strikes back george lucas didn't direct that nobody well, no cares, and, and there's right? also something to be said about like uh, james cameron directing aliens uh, and I that was my next one to say. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of people and, and i guess it really depends on what kind of movie you're wanting which one you like more a horror film or an action but Definitely their own their own thing on it, but again, this one, I feel like the fact that they're putting Anthony Hopkins back in the role, they had to. It's a prequel. They had to tie it in and make it look like the Silence of the Lambs. I, I I just feel like they had to, and they needed a director that could pull that off. And 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 again, I think he does a fine job in it. All the performances are good, and that's to the director's credit. Um, it's yeah, I, it's just I. It's kind of weird because, like you said, it came out after Hannibal, so this is like. It's like 10 years past Silence of the Lambs, but it takes place like in the 10 years leading up to it. So Anthony Hopkins should be like 20 years younger, um, which is okay. He looks different, but whatever. And and the little tie-in to Clarice at the end feels a little on the nose. Like, all right, fine. Yeah. But but I, I, loved, I loved him and Dr. Chilton in this movie. Uh, I think that's a good... It's cool seeing that actor back in the role. So... Yeah, that was pretty neat. Again, it's not that I really hate the movie. It's just I wanted it to be so much better. So what did so out of the two movies, Topher, which one did you like more? I liked the conceptual, the idea of Man and Hunter that I don't think he was able to properly execute. <sighs> that said, I, I like the pieces of Red Dragon better. I feel like any one performance performance in red dragon is probably other than william peterson versus edward norton that one is i think william peterson wins that one hand down but i think i like the performances better in red dragon i just don't like the way it's constructed and the way the story's told i like the way the story's told in manhunter he just clearly didn't have the budget to do it the way he wanted it to and it feels dated it does i mean it feels very dated so i don't know like i I can't say that I like one better than the other. I like pieces of them both better than the other pieces of the other one. It's kind of weird that on a complete side note, like, it's kind of, I, I was thinking about something. They're just kind of, so different. It's kind of weird that they, um, that this one used like VHS tapes as opposed to film reels, like the, like red dragon, the book and uh, Manhunter used. Um, I don't know why they changed that. It's during, I, I guess it was to make it more accessible to people nowadays. I, I don't know why mm-hmm. it just, I like, I, I like the idea of watching the film reels and all that, and 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 as you know, and it was set in the same time frame. And then there's one big, huge like error in this. Like they 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 mentioned DNA. They're like, oh, it's the wrong DNA, and it's like, well, DNA wasn't around when they were doing this in this time frame. And it's like to call that out. It just seemed like okay. Well, if you had DNA, then we could have 
I don't know. A lot of this we could have gone in a different way, different police work and different a different story. So that that kind of bothered me. Um, as far as me, I, I think I think Red Dragon is a better movie. Personally, um, I. I I, I I do I because I, I, I like the continuation of Sansa Lambs I like this few scenes and with the exception of uh, Edward Norton I just I, like you say I like I like the performances better um, so now uh, for both of you though uh, was the book better or wait, was wait. the movie better oh go ahead wait wait wait, wait. what did Kelly think what did... <laughs> I was going to say what did, what did Kelly think of the movies but I just never mind um <laughs> So what I'm did, breaking up. I'm sorry. Can't that's hear cool. me. No one can that's hear me. cool. So, but so yeah, for both of you though, uh, did you like the book or the movie better? Um, comparing the Red Dragon movie to the Red Dragon book. Uh, the book for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the book probably. Well, I'm just thinking through it, and I think that it just it felt more cohesive. It didn't yeah. feel like it was trying to be something different. It felt like it was just trying to be its own thing. Yeah, I like the book more, but again, I, I like the movie too. I, it's not to me. It's 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 not not nearly as good as Sons of the Lambs, but um, uh, yeah. I, again, I haven't read Sons of the Lambs the book, so I don't know if that if the book is better. But I I'll go with I like the the Red Dragon book more, but I do like the Red Dragon movie. Um, I do have uh, a little. Um, I say a little. This is about five minutes. But what I did is I I put together. Um, the um, the scene where Will Graham goes to see Hannibal Lecter for the first time, and I kind of put them side by side and kind of compare the two because, as we mentioned, both of these movies take dialogue straight from the book and huge sections of it, um, and so uh, I just kind of want to show you how close these are, but also the different visual styles. And for those of you that haven't seen Manhunter, to see what Brian Cox is like compared to Anthony Hopkins, same kind of side by side. So here's that. Um, so if you guys are for it's, I guess it'd be better if you're watching it, but if you're listening, I, I think you'll still be able to get something out of this. So check it out. That's the same atrocious aftershave you wore in court three years ago. Yeah, I keep getting it for Christmas. That's the same atrocious aftershave you wore in court. I keep getting it for Christmas. <sighs> Christmas? Yeah. Did you get my car? Get my car? I got it, thank you. So nice of the Bureau's crime lab to forward that. They wouldn't give me our home address. And how is Officer Stewart? The one who was first to see my basement. Stewart's fine. Emotional problems out here. Do you have any problems, Will? No. No. Of course you don't. <laughs> I'm glad you came. My callers are mostly clinical psychologists from Cornfield University somewhere. Second raters, the lot. Dr. Bloom sent me your article on surgical addiction in the Journal of Forensic Psychiatry. And? And? Very interesting. Even to a layman. You say you're a layman.
But it was you who caught me. Wasn't it, Well, Do you know how you did it? I got lucky. I don't think you believe that. If it's in the transcript, what does it matter now? Doesn't matter to me, Well, I need your advice, Dr. Lecter. I want you to help me, Dr. Lecter. Yes. I thought so. It's about Atlanta and Birmingham. Yes? You read about it? In the papers. I don't tear out the articles. I wouldn't want them to think I was dwelling on anything more than that. Birmingham and Atlanta. You, you want to know how he's choosing, choosing them, don't you? Don't you? I thought you might have some ideas. Why should I tell you? I thought you'd have some ideas. I'm asking you to tell me what they are. Why should I? There are things you don't have. Research materials, maybe even computer access. I'd speak to the chief of staff. Ah, yes, Dr. Chilton. Gruesome, isn't he? He fumbles at your head like a freshman pulling at a panty girdle. If you recall, well, our last collaboration ended rather messily. You get to file on this case. And there's, an and there's another reason. Great talk. I'm all ears. I thought you might enjoy the challenge. But you might be curious. Find to out see if you're smarter than the person I'm looking for. And then, by implication, you think you're smarter than I am. Since it was you who caught me. Oh, I know I'm not smarter than you. Then how did you catch me? You had... You had disadvantages. What disadvantages? You're insane. You are very tan, Will. Your hands are rough. They don't look like cops' hands anymore. And that shaving lotion is something a child would select. It has a ship on the bottle, doesn't it? You're very tanned, Will. And your hands are so rough, not like a cop's hands anymore. And that shaving lotion is something a child would select. Has a little ship on the bottle, does it not? And how is young Josh and the lovely Molly? They're always in my thoughts, you know. You will not persuade me what appeals to my intellectual vanity. I don't think I'll persuade you at all. You either do it or you won't. You'll either do it or you won't. Besides, we have Dr. Bloom working on it. He's the best. Do you have the case file? Yes. Pictures? Yes. Let me have them and I might consider it. No. With photos? Let me keep them and I might consider it. No. Dream much, Dream much Will. Will. Goodbye, Goodbye, Dr. Lecter. You haven't threatened to take, take away, away my books yet. Let me have the file and I'll tell you what I think. Give me the file, then. And I'll tell you what I think. I need one hour and privacy. Just like old times, eh, well? So, aside from seeing the obvious differences in the style of the films, I think that actually gives you a really good kind of taste of what's in the novel right that there is so much good quality writing in that book that it was so good they couldn't even resist putting it directly in the movie uh neither of them could <laughs> um and so it's just the the book really is it's not again it's not going to win a pulitzer or anything but it is actually 
it's good and it's compelling. It's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a good read. So. And it's cool because uh, Ted Talley wrote Sansa Lamb's script and this one, he won an Oscar for Sansa Lamb. So it's cool that they brought him back for this one. I don't know if he did the one for Hannibal, um, but I know he didn't do the one for Manhunter. So it's kind of cool to see him bring it back. And I, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a really cool, interesting scene. I don't know. Facebook may have stopped some of that video. I'm not sure how much of it was seen, but I thought it was entertaining. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool edit, Charles. Cool. Thank you. All right. So you guys want to talk about Hannibal briefly? Sure. Okay. Now, how much Actually, of it did you quick, watch? Oh, Go ahead. Quick side note. David Mamet wrote Hannibal. So, yeah, we can just talk about that. Oh, okay. Time, I, so. I did. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't either. <laughs> Anyway, wow. continue. I'm so, so sorry. Episode three is going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, so, so, okay, how much of a Hannibal the series did you guys watch? I saw the first, I think it was five or six episodes of the first season. Okay. I saw about five or six less than that. So. <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting about the Hannibal series is that um, they, the, it's a weird concept because basically they expanded on all this stuff before Red Dragon. It is it's all, a lot of it's leading up to what happened in the beginning of Red Dragon. But more than that, they they also threw in the book Hannibal and Hannibal Rising into it. So like it's like if you just if you just blended up all three of those stories, they didn't have the rights to Sansa the Lambs, so they couldn't put that in there. But all the other ones, they just kind of blended up. And then they gender swapped and race swapped. And so, you know, Jack Crawford's now a black man. That's cool because I, I really like Lawrence Fishburne in the role. And but but Alan Bloom is now a lot of Bloom and she's a love interest for Jack for uh, for uh, Will Graham. Um, it, it's just it's really interesting because they take these scenes and they take dialogue straight from the book and from the movies and throw them in there but have different characters say them in different ways and it's um it's it's really interesting uh, he it, it, uh mods mads mickelson um he's really he's a good hannibal lecture i think he's really good in the role and uh and, and i think i think will graham is good in this movie um it, it's it's a very interesting series um it's also one of the goriest and it gets some of it gets really disgusting because it's like him tracking all these killers for the fbi it's one of the it's way more violent and gory than say something like Dexter which is a similar vibe um, which is kind of surprised me that it was on network television I know they put viewer discretion advised and I know I've read somewhere that some of it was censored um, but I want to read the synopsis and then I'll show a little trailer for it um, so let's see great I had the had it pulled up but now it's not there um, but it basically says, explores the early relationship between renowned psychiatrist Hannibal Lecter and his patient, a young FBI criminal profiler who is haunted by his ability to empathize with killers. Here is the trailer for that. It looks like the Ripper. Where's Will Graham? Graham, Special Agent Jack Crawford. Can I borrow your imagination? You FBI? I'm a special investigator. He catches insane men because he can think like them. He can enter the mind of a killer in a way that no one ever has. 
you're quite the topic of conversation in the psychiatric circles, Mr. Graham. Am I? Rips their organs right out of their bodies. She was mounted up like hooks. Are you okay? Where's your head? Will Graham deals with huge amounts of fear. It's the price of imagination. I need him out there. Don't let him get too close. I'm recommending a psyche valve. There's only one person on our list. Dr. Hannibal Lecter. What do you see, Dr. Lecter? An interesting place to start. Tell me about the Reaper. I don't know this kind of psychopath. You know something about him. Could you use a fresh pair of eyes? The devil is in the details. FBI! Help me understand how to catch him. This Reaper, you have him getting to know him. I think I can help Goodwill see his face. discover you and I have a great deal in common. I don't find you that interesting. You will. So that's Hannibal. I think once again, and this proves that this series, if nothing else, manages to draw ridiculous star talent. The cast for that show is outrageous. Like, it, I mean, Julian Anderson and Lawrence Fishburne. And I mean, it's just, it's, again, in not massively huge leading star-making roles, you know, it's just, it's crazy how this series over the years has just continued to draw more and more star talent. It, it's amazing. So, and and yeah. I should have said, I meant to say earlier, a side note it's, there, it's, but it's a that's, really uh, violent it's show. It's just amazing. It's a really violent show, but I meant to warn people that trailer was pretty violent too. So um, just heads up on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, after the fact. Uh, but anyway, uh, so what's but what's weird about the show is, like I said, it kind of it just blended up all these things and did it kind of subverted your expectations and all this stuff, right? And then um, in season so in season three, which had I don't know, I, th- I think season three had kind of gone off the rails. Honestly, I wasn't digging it nearly as much. But what happened was they realized they weren't going to come back for season four. They got canceled by NBC. And they knew at some point they wanted to return to the events of Red Dragon. So about halfway through season three, maybe episode six or seven, they just kind of flash forward several years. And all of a sudden it's back to the beginning of Red Dragon and they're going through all of that. And they bring in Dollar Hyde and all this stuff. And it's it's just really wild because what happens is they've 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 shown these things in different ways. Now they show them in the way that they were. So like the dialogue is used again. And it's like it just seems kind of lazy and weird. And like they were really trying to cram it in and didn't think it through. Um, in fact, they had already like Fred Freddie Lounds is a woman in this one, a young woman, um, and they'd already used her in different ways in like season two and stuff. 
Um, so, so they can't, they'd have someone else be kidnapped by Dolorhide. So it's Dr. Chilton's now the one kidnapped and tortured. It's like, okay, well, whatever. And, and, and again, it's just kind of a weird thing. Now you talked about, you hated, uh, or you didn't seem like you liked, uh, the cell and Silence of the Lambs or in Red Dragon Tover. It's kind of ridiculous, like a dungeon. This one, for whatever reason, they give him this gigantic room. Like, it's like luxurious. And like it, it, I, at first I thought it was a joke. I'm like, what? Why? It, it just it's 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 the most ridiculous one of all of that. Um, but um, what's weird is I think they were truer to the book in a lot of ways um, with the Dollarhead character and the way they did it. Um, and then the ending, because they're tying it into things they'd already set up previously, the ending is different again. It's like. It's like, all right, well, I guess you have to go your own way with the series. But it's just, it's just weird. It, it's, it's weird. It, like I said, I wish they would have just stuck to their guns and used everybody, everybody in different ways and rearranged them rather than trying to go back. Because like I said, it's, it's like the last five episodes of season three are basically the Red Dragon book. As if none of the other stuff had happened in the previous two seasons. And Weird. But, and the other thing too is like they get... They get stabbed and shot and cut open so many times and survive in this movie. It is, it is insane. Like even like Doctor Chilton. Like so in in the in the book Red Dragon, it's Freddie Lowndes, and in the movie Red Dragon and Manhunter, it's Freddie Lowndes that gets like glued to the chair, wheelchair, and then rolled out and burned, burned alive. So this one is Doctor Chilton, but not you know. So they show him like biting his lip. They show him burned alive. He survives all that. He's still alive. He's like he's like a he's like basically a burned corpse with no lips talking to them, and it's like it's, it just it just defies because they don't want to kill off the character, right? Because like I don't I guess they have future plans for him, um, but I mean literally everybody survives. Like they like um, again I haven't read the book Hannibal, but in the movie Hannibal, there's there's the famous part with Ray Liotta and you know his brain serving dinner. You guys know what I'm talking about. Have you seen it, Kelly? Have you seen Hannibal? Mm-mm, I haven't seen okay. it yet. Well, you know what I'm talking about. But in this one, they don't have that character. So they just know it's, 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 it's So this one, it's Will Graham. He gets that, but but they doesn't kill him. They doesn't kill him. They literally just end the scene like that. And then the next episode, it's alive. They, he's got a scar. They never mention it again. It's like, you cut into his brain. Like, what? Um, what? Wait, hang on. Hang on. You're telling me. I'm sorry. This is like a major spoiler alert. For it is. It is. I'm sorry. Hannibal, I'm sorry. The movie. I'm sorry, Kelly. Series. Earmuffs, Kelly. Both. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that they did that same scene that they do with Ray Liotta in Hannibal, and they expect you to just think that like he just like walks away the next day or well, something? Well, no, no. So they, they, so again, basically, they didn't have the rights. That's to ludicrous. Silence. They didn't have the rights to Silence of the Lambs. They didn't have the rights to Silence of the Lambs, right? So there's no Clarice at that scene, and it's all rearranged and done in different ways. It's in Italy. It's in Florence, just like it was in the movie. But in the scene. Yeah, he gets up and he starts to cut his head and and he does. And there's blood flying everywhere and he cuts into it, but then something else interrupts him so he doesn't get a finish. But they never go they never go explain how it healed because he definitely was cut into his head and they showed it like coming off and stuff. And then they PS Kelly, I can't wait to hear your take on that scene in Hannibal now, now they, that you've heard this. Now they don't they don't do they don't get to the part where they're cooking it. They don't quite get that far. That's what I'm saying. It's interrupted. Right? But Oh, I thought you meant like they literally went like no, but they start. Like the he has thing. a he has a buzzsaw at the table, cutting into him. And then the next episode, it's like it never happened. They get what? shot. They get stabbed. They, I mean, they they get 
both of them like get hurt so many times that they shouldn't survive. I both. really so you're you're convincing me more that I don't need to watch this show because like on the one hand the idea of doing a complete reimagining where it's like sort of the same but not like it's an echo of the show of the movie rather sounds really intriguing mm -hmm. but then if they try and like oh but we're gonna bring it back to the movies it's like oh that doesn't work i, like, I think i think either, the, the first yeah, like you said be your the, own thing or not the first ep the first season i think is good um really good because it's kind of cool it's uh it's like every episode is a different serial killer and hannibal is actually will psychiatrist and so it's like every episode it's like the two of them trying to figure out who the killer is right and then this the the second season is um the second season is really interesting because they do this thing where they show the opening of it, they show the finale, and then they flash back. So the entire season is like a flashback waiting to get how that happened. And I even like that. And I, by the way, I love, I actually love the finale for season two. It's like, oh my God, like there's some great acting in it. It's really, but season three, I just, the first six or so episodes of it, they just, they went so far off the rails. It doesn't, again, they get, seriously, these people get torn, like Dr. Chilton, I mean, at one point he's kidnapped by another serial killer and he's having organs removed and fed to, it's just, it's like, but he survives all this stuff. Uh, poor, I mean, Dr. Chilton gets the worst abuse out of all of them. I guess that people just really hate Dr. Chilton. Um, but yeah, you, you'd just be surprised how much they, but it's like we were, we, uh, my wife and I were making a joke about it. It's like these people that die off in horrible ways, they'll come back a few episodes later and they don't really explain at all how they survived. It's just, it's like, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess that happened. You, you got cut up and thrown out of a window and were shown dead on the ground outside, but you know, you're fine. Whatever you, maybe you've, you're hobbling around. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. But then, like I said, they go back, they go back to Red Dragon and they had to basically reset everything. It's literally one of those fade to blacks and several years later, it's like, Okay, and now, and the other thing too, I forgot to mention earlier. It's like for yeah. some reason they renamed the son Will's son in all of these series. He's named Willie in the book, and then it's like he's Josh in one of these, and he's it, it, a different name in every every one of these. I don't know why. Maybe it's because yeah. Willie Willie's a kind of a terrible name when the main guy's name was Will, but then maybe there was a reason he named him Willie. I don't know, but anyway. But, but it was funny too because it, it was kind of a. A weird coincidence because it wasn't actually Will's son; it was his stepson. Yeah, but his, his name was the same. So, yeah. that, so maybe that's why they change it in, the, in all the movies in the series. But, but yeah, like in in Hannibal the series, like he didn't have there was no Molly, there's no son. They fade to black halfway in. All of a sudden, it's like he's got Molly and he's got whatever the kid's name is in this version, <laughs> and it's like. It's like, okay, all this crazy stuff that's happened. You've helped so many serial killers. You have put Hannibal in there. Now, oh, now you're going to go back. He's going to get you one last time to go back. Does it make any it, sense? It also feels like that would have been something that would kind of like cheapen it. Like the fact that it's like a serial killer every week starts to feel like, how many serial killers are floating around? Like, is this prevalent? Like, should we be concerned? Whereas, like, if it's like the entire season is the hunt for one serial killer, no, that seems like it would be more compelling. No, but, it's, it's kind of like X-Files, how it's like monster of the week, and then sometimes they would have episodes that would kind of further the overall plot. It's kind of like that. So most episodes were just a monster serial killer of the week, and then every so often they'd go a little further about him, you know, closing in on Hannibal. Um, but I... 
again, in, in so many ways, it was really faithful to the Red Dragon book. It really was. Um, and they used the dialogue again. But that's, again, it's really weird because they they used it in different ways for different characters in, like, season one and two. And then now they're using it the right way with the right characters. So it's, like, it's weird. I love, uh, I love how amped up he is. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so great. I love it when you get excited about something because it's clearly just, like, stuck in your head. Like, it's an itch. And you're just like, I can't. I can't get it out. It's just stuck. I can't fix it. But it's one of the things, like, I, I wish they would have just... It's like if they knew they were going to end, like, why cram it in? I don't know. I just feel like they should have done a different thing. And then there's a rumor that Netflix is going to make a season four for them. They were trying to get the rights to Sansa Lambs. They still don't have them. So who knows where it would go? Because it ended on this really, <laughs> a really, I'm not going to spoil it completely how it ended, but it, it could have gone a lot of different ways. Like, you don't know who's alive, who's not. Although, again, because they've survived every possible way of dying <laughs> I'm assuming they're still alive and the show is called Hannibal so obviously they're not going to do a show called Hannibal without Hannibal in the title role but it does feel like they've because they've done all of the books except for silence they can go in any direction they want to now so season 4 could be it really would, interesting it would almost be more interesting if Netflix just threw a bag of money at Thomas Harris and was like come work with these screenwriters and write us a season of TV that's completely original, that uses your characters and is out of your head, but it has no, like, there is no literary basis for it. It's totally original. That, I mean, that would, like, really that would, would be honestly cool. be more I, interesting. I, I would think so, too, because uh, it's, again, I haven't read Hannibal, which, you know, I think Hannibal Rising is definitely a prequel, but Hannibal was like the last chronologically. So I, I, I know how it, Hannibal the movie ends, but I don't know how the book ends. So I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, it, I, I've, I've heard rumors about how the book ends. And if that's true, then it seems like Thomas Harris could, you know, go off of that and write more stories that would make sense both for the book series and the TV series. So... Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, I would say that we have hit upon potent subject matter with these Hannibal stories, whether they be in book or movie or TV. So I think we've got a quite a ride ahead of us in these next two. So I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm, actually, there... I'm actually very excited. I haven't read I haven't read Science of the Lambs since high school, so that's going to be. Really I haven't fun. read it at all. So um, and that um, so it'll be cool. I don't know when we're going to get around to doing it. That will be our next one because uh, we. Um, we're talking about a lot and the in the good bad and podcast episode we did uh you know next the next thing we're doing overall is the um election night so tuesday november 3rd we're going to do some uh, it's it's a kind of a special episode it's going to be movies about fictional u.s elections um and so um i i think that'll be really interesting um let me see if i can find I just sent it to Mark the other day because we were trying to figure out the list. Uh, do you guys know any off the top of your head? I think. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I got them. So it's the American President from '95. It's Wag the Dog from '97. Primary Colors from '98. The Contender from 2000. And The Purge Election Year from 2016. <laughs> So those, are, awesome. so those are the movies about it. Uh, <laughs> That's the one for fun. I love it. Well, it's, it's for fun. It's, it's to get a little bit of variety um, because there were a lot of movies we could have done, but those will be fun because, you know, 
as I said last time, no matter your take, your political take on this thing, like I'm sure some of you are sick to death of talking about the election and politics, and there are others that are completely scared on both sides of what's going to happen that night. Uh, so if you are one of those people and you just kind of want to avoid it a little bit, we'll be doing it live. We talk about these five movies. We are not going to get political. Um, if things happen dur- about the election during it, we will actually kind of talk about that briefly. We'll just say like, okay, Florida went this way, this went this way, but we won't get into the politics of it. So it'll be kind of a good uh, hybrid where you can kind of have a distraction movies for a bit. Um, but we, you won't miss any important things. Although I don't think the election is going to be decided that night. It seems like it's going to go on for a long time. So <laughs> yeah. all the more reason to join us and check it out. Um, and then in November, I don't know because Topher, we would be doing our next episode of uh, 50-50. I don't know if you still want to do it um, or if you want to hold off because we're getting closer to Thanksgiving. So I guess it's the things we need to talk about and kind of figure it out. And then, um, and then we'll have to decide what we're doing at Christmas and all that. So it could be a little while. It, it's possible this might even be in 2021 before we get into Sons of the Lambs. Um, is it just because we're getting close to the end of the year here and we always kind of, we've typically done a few special episodes. So, you know, um, but we'll, well, and, we'll do it. We'll definitely take a little bit. These take a little bit more because we have to actually like plow through a book and then right. watch. Well, I guess only one movie next time. It's, it's not as bad. I was just thinking like, I have to watch two movies, five episodes of TV, and read a novel before we can talk. It's gonna, yeah. Anyway, right, right, and and like I said, that's that's this is hopefully we'll, it will be a quick, nice episode, and we'll get to compare it more. Um, this was kind of a this is kind of an interesting episode just because we were it's the first time Topher and I have done one like this together, and there was a lot of material I wanted to cover. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it was entertaining, and we'll. We'll get to the next one. It'll be more solid, more streamlined. Um, but yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Because uh, I, I know Topher can't wait to talk about, what was it, uh, Jack and Jill and American Beauty. I think were the two movies are next for 50-50. <laughs> and I don't think, have we even announced anything for Good Bad Podcast yet, Kelly? No, because we didn't know. Yeah. With the same thing we were talking about just now with the special episodes, like what we were going to do. So we'll figure that all out soon and kind of get back to you guys on it. Um, but, um, if you, if you want to find any of these episodes, you can search, um, here and there, put in that word and YouTube and, uh, um, the Apple, then Apple store. It's on a, what is it on? What's the Apple? I'm blanking out. Uh, Apple podcasts. Apple is, is it just what it's called? It's called Apple podcasts. It's not iTunes uh-huh. directly. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so we're, we're on, on a lot of them. Too. We're on a lot of different ones. So, um, Spotify, uh, YouTube is a big one. Facebook. We're on all Google these different Play. ones. Yeah, Google Play. So just search for here and there and then the, the title of the thing. Um, so this one's Hannibal Lecter. So search Hannibal Lecter and here and there. And we'll be posting these. If you want to see the other ones, uh, you can search for Good Bad Podcast or 5050. And they're all on itsjustawesome.com. So you can find them all there as well. Um, but wherever you uh, watch it, just subscribe, like it, send us comments, give us feedback. We want to know, do you like what we're doing? Do you not like it? Um, we respond. We want to know what you think. Um, and yeah, so like I said, we'll be the next one definitely is going to be November 3rd. And actually today is, is it, is October, is October 21st? Is it, it's five years from the future in Back to the Future 2, I think. I think that was October 21st, 2015. So uh, now we're five years removed and who knew what 2020 was going to be like. Um, 
they did a um, they did a um, Jimmy Kimmel in 2015. They had uh, Christopher Lord and uh, and Marty and Doc. Basically, they came out in the time machine, and they they were like, "Man, the 2015 really sucks." And I can't imagine if they'd have done this in 2020 what they would have thought. But um, anywho. Uh, that's pretty much it for us on this one. You guys got anything else? Nope. No, I'm really excited. I am. I, I, when I, like I said, I haven't read them since high school. I loved these books when I was younger, which is weird, but honestly, I'm not that weird. It was just, they're good books. So anyway, yeah. They are. I'm, I'm excited too. It's going to be fun. Did you, but you only read Silence before you did read Hannibal or Hannibal Rising? I read Silence, and I think I might have read Hannibal. I can't recall anymore. Um, I know for a fact I read Silence, though. So. Okay. All right. And Ellen, also, we're in the kind of almost winding down on 31 Days of Horror. Um, I think it was Jason Takes Manhattan was the movie today. So mm-hmm. keep keep checking those out every day. Um, I haven't really decided what we want to do next year. thinking maybe um, the Hammer film series. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um, anyway, all right. Well, that's all I have for this. So we could talk forever, I'm sure. But yeah, that was that was the episode. And you know, we would actually have been okay if we hadn't had to restart it. But <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have been nearly as late as we are right now. But you know, these things happen. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I'm Charles. I'm Kelly. And I'm Christopher. And it's weird that I went first. I almost never go first, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Have, a, have a good one.